Turn from a uh, minor hiatus for the Weird Is the New Black show. And if you don't know, you already know now. It's your host, Mike Beyond. And I'm here with a personality, an individual, someone who I've seen grow on the scene here in the city. Now, when I seen grow, I'm not talking about I've seen him as a toddler, going through, you know, puberty, nothing like that. But nah, I've seen this cat hustle do different things. I remember he was an intern for the, uh, for the Animal House brand here in the city of Philly. You know, I've seen him uh, be different places and the brother is doing his own thing now on the music tip with the uh, Overtime Boys, mm-hmm. Overtime Boys OTB. And for those who don't know already, I'm talking with my main man, Chifon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How long y'all been waiting for this one? Yes. Yeah. This is Chief Fizzer, aka Lil Gooky, Overtime Boys. You heard? Yes. My main man. You know, we go back, dude. I've probably known you for about a good nine, ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, man. I've been out here, man. I've been. I've, I've actually been in the scene since I was sixteen, bro. So like before anything started, I was sixteen in the scene. Dude, I remember like my man, he had that, uh, it's funny he's now seeing you bald with the beard. Because <laughs> when I first met you, yeah, you had the long hair. Oh, yeah, I had, I had the rat tail. You had the rat I tail. I had the rat tail, yeah. You had the rat tail, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you had the little, little mustache popping off, man. Uh, no no beard, it was just no like beard. just patchy, yeah. Because I, I think we, um, I started running into you, it wasn't at the, uh, not the Piazza, it was like, Advocates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had mutual yeah, friends. Shout out Advocates. Shout yeah. out uh, P's and Q's. Yeah. P's and Q's. Yeah. yeah. So I saw you running around there. But the one thing I can say about Chief mm-hmm. is that you are who you are and you're un- unapologetic I about am. that. Yep. I have no filter. I'm very unapologetic. Yes. It's indeed. Like you are a true. True South Philly dude, mm-hmm. all the way through. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, definitely, man. Born and raised in the P. Yeah, yeah, man. So it's like I want to say because so many things that I want to discuss because uh-huh. like because we, we only got a short amount of time, right? And this could last two weeks. <laughs> I gotta write a fucking book. <laughs> Hell yeah! I gotta write a book. Hell yeah! Man. <laughs> so that's the beautiful part about it. So first, before we get into anything. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the origin. Let's talk about where you're from and how you got to be where you are today. Because I know mm-hmm. um, prior to me hitting the record button, we discussed that. Um, you asked about where your family was from, right? Yeah. If they were if they were born in the states and if they were, if they were not. Yeah. So where, where your family's from? All right. So my mom, my mom from Cambodia, mm-hmm. right? And my dad, he from. He from Cambodia. He was born in Cambodia, but his parents were Chinese. Okay. It was the southern part of China, and then they moved to fucking Cambodia, whatever. Um, and then they they were refugees because um, the Khmer Rouge, the killing fields, and it's basically the genocide that happened in the 70s. It wasn't too long ago. That shit happened in the 70s. 1.2 million people or something some, around that range, 1.2 to 2 million people genocide got killed um, within the, the course of two years. Because uh, the communist regime under Pol Pot, mm-hmm. and they came to came to America. My mom 
came to she was in uh, uh california under some sponsors and then my dad came to florida and my grandmother which is my dad's mom wanted everybody to go to uh go to philly and then my mom eventually went to philly and then they met and like uh my my mom's friend hooked them up together so that's how that's how i came to be <laughs> our chief came into existence mm -hmm. So here's a follow-up to that mm -hmm. from your parents' story. Yeah. You know, their individual story and a collective one as well. What have you taken from that in terms, like, in terms of your life? Well, basically, <clears throat> well, my parents, I want them to have a good life. You know what I mean? I don't want them to deal. Like, because people, people say that, like, the American dream isn't true, and it really is true for refugee families. You know what I mean? And... Um, uh, my my parents, uh, my dad wasn't really, um, my dad wasn't really talkative and really in there for my life, you know what I mean? And my, my mom was, but, like, she wanted to be, like, yo, all right, so I understand, like, you see how Asian people are viewed as in America, and you don't, I don't want you to be submissive. I don't want you to conform and be part of the, that situation. Because, like, at the end of the day, when you fucking, when your parents die and you're living on their dream, you're keep you're gonna keep on living on their dream. You're not gonna do shit for yourself. You know what I mean? So my parent, my mom was like, "Listen, I'm uh, do what you want because at the end of the day, is what you're gonna love, and then I'm I'm gonna pass away soon. So like, what's the point of you living out my dream for me when you should be living your own? You know what I mean? And I really respected that. Like like when I was growing up, I didn't have no care for you or nothing because like they they didn't believe in that. You know what I mean, I, but also I didn't have no allowance either because like from the hood, like all right. Yeah, you got a fucking roof over your head, right? All right, bet that's what you got. Like, and I really try to carry my parents' like philosophies through me uh, as much as I can. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, uh, my mom just told me like, yo, like, just do you and be true to yourself. So I'm here now. You know what I mean? Indeed. Mm -hmm. And you live in the neighborhood of South Philly. It's from the P, baby. From the P, aka <laughs> Point Breeze. Point Breeze, PBZ. And though the gentrifiers are trying to call it, ooh, they're trying to call it new bold, new bold. <laughs> yeah. Listen, look. look. <laughs> of all the names you could possibly use, if you want to change a name, mm -hmm. first of all, I think Point Breeze is still a name you can still use. Really, I think it's still a cool it's a name. beautiful name. It's yes, beautiful name. Beautiful name. But you trying to change it into new bold? Yeah. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, it, fucking gentrifiers. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not with it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's tough because, look, like I said on previous shows, like, listen, change happens, I understand it. You can't really control too much about it. Right, but mm -hmm. there's a certain level of respect that kind of gets, like, tossed out the window mm -hmm. when you come in through, like, yo, like, people have been in Point Breeze all their lives. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just come in and come out of nowhere, like, you know what, we're going to change this shit. Yep, we're going to change this shit, and it, listen, so, like... So they have posters everywhere saying, "Yo, we'll buy your crib for like thirty racks and sixty racks," and like that's 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 a lot of money to these people that have been there their entire lives, and then they don't see that type of cash in cash in front of them like that. So they take take that opportunity and fuck up their whole shit because like people have been saving generations to li live there, and now these yuppies coming in and moving in and just taking over everything and opening up uh, cafes, shop, uh, cafes and fucking bars and all this fucking artisanal shit. And the thing is with that. What I feel like is like, all right, you moving into our community, which, what are you going to do for our community? Because there's, there's people here that need help, 
and want to stay and live here, but you're not helping out because you're only hiring other people that are of your kind. You're, hi- you're hiring other yuppies, but there's people in our hood that have the fucking, you know what I mean? They have, like, the paperwork, and they have the fucking experience to work with y'all, but y'all don't want to fucking hire them because they're from the hood. But you moved into the hood, so help out your community a little bit, you know what I mean? Do something to give back than just taking over and using our fucking, our hood as an opportunity because the rent's low. And then you're going to jack up our prices, too, and raise our fucking, the homeowner's tax because of y'all. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like that shit. I don't like fucking yuppies and transplants like that, for real. Cause you and I would go back and forth about that on Twitter, like just yeah, yeah. That discussion. Like, oh yo. yeah, I I go in and I curse like when I seen them in the hood, I curse them out every once in a while. Cause like this one time a firework went off and they was like they ducked down and everything. Like I was like, yo, welcome to the fucking hood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was about to say like yeah, I, mean, I was about to say some way worse curse words, but I had to hold back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like fuck out here, dickhead. Like yo, come on, dog. Like you you in the hood now? Get used to it. <laughs> and I think that's the beautiful thing about South Philly, like. People don't understand how much, how big of a melting pot that it actually oh, is. Oh yes, yes, very. And how everybody's presence in South Philly mm-hmm. makes South Philly what it is today. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, blacks who are there, the Italians who are there, mm-hmm. the two streeters who are there. You the know two street, I mean? yep. You know Cambodians, I mean? Cambodians, Indonesians, yeah. a lot of Indonesians coming in, and that's good. Yeah, like there's a, a large Asian, yeah. Asian population in South Philly, mm-hmm. and it's like. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta respect everybody who's there because everyone has played a part and it's cre- you know, and oh, yeah. it's thriving. Yeah, you know what yep, I'm yep. Little Cambodia, you, have, you know what I mean? You got little Cambodia on Seventh Street. Yeah, and, and then fun. on top. Yes. Uh, speaking of that, by the way, all the fucking the 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 junk. A lot of the junkies from K and A and shit. They moved down to the P. They moved down to South Philly, Seventh Seventh and Moyne Manson. I seen a bunch of them, dog. <laughs> they moving down there, bro, because they shut down the the, the fucking uh, the camps and shit. The little, you know, they had little tents and shit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they moved all a bunch of them moved down to fucking South Philly and shit. I saw seeing them. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are they doing down there? Like, I mean, they gotta go somewhere though, right? You make it sound like Amsterdam from the wire, man. Right? Oh, Amsterdam. Hey, yo, no, yeah, Amsterdam. That shit crazy. Matter of fact, Amsterdam remind me of a pills and duck uh fucking party they had a little while ago. That's when like Uzi's first started getting on. Word. Yeah, yeah, that's like one of Uzi's first shows. Like, yeah, Diamond Cuts brought him out and shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And look how big that dude went, man. Yeah, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I remember I remember actually I remember this fondly. Um, this is his first. This is one of his first shows. He was uh, we was at Trelec show. I think it's the third Trelec show they ever had. Shout out Spicoli and uh and Modi. Um, I, I'm doing a lot of shout outs by the way. But um, yeah, he performed and not a lot of people was out there for for his set. Jerry South Joe brought him out. Uh, then I was on the bus back home from DC. And Uzi was sitting next to me. He he had to use my phone and shit because he had no jack on him. So I had signed out on Instagram and shit for him. And I went to sleep for a little while. He's like, yo, why the fuck you listen to The weekend over and over and over while you sleep? Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, just let me sleep, man. And he's like, no, let me see your phone. I was like, all right, I got you. And next thing you know, this nigga got song of the weekend and shit too. Like, man, I'm dumb proud of him, man. For real shit. I love seeing We go way back, like man. That, I fuck man. with Vert. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing this thing. Like, it's dope seeing people have, like, growth. Within the city, you know? Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, you know, talking about music and getting it on, like, yeah. All right, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I gotta I need to ask you this question. Yeah. Like, for as long as I've, I've known you, right? I yeah. knew you as someone who was like, someone who was in, in the culture, yeah. in the scene, and working with Animal House, and mm-hmm. I mean, internship on that side, right? Mm-hmm. 
So how? I mean, I, I knew you you were interested in music, mm-hmm. but like, how did all that start, and how did you? Go from there to being boom, overtime boom. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, um, honestly, uh, yeah, I worked with the Animal House, and those are my brothers. They gave me the biggest opportunity in the world. I, I started off as, uh, off as a fan and eventually became head of operations for Philadelphia. But uh, with the music, I don't know. I just I just came, became attracted to it. Eventually, you know what I mean? I was like, yo, I can fucking rap, like, and I'm fucking good. Like, I ain't, I ain't shitty. I'm fucking good. My bars really hit hard. You know what I mean? And like, eventually I started fucking with um, boy Rick Deals. But before that, my boy High, High introduced me to him. And Aji introduced me to him on some random shit. And then he was like, just, you know, just chilling, mingling and shit. And eventually it was like, yo, man, let's, let's, let's bang a track out. See how, how I do on it. I was trash. You know what I mean? I was trash. And then like, eventually got my artist development up a little bit. And then like, I'm here now. Like, I'm good. <laughs> Cause now, I, I, if my memory serves me correctly, right? Mm-hmm. You started out doing like horrorcore, right? I did hor- horrorcore, like it, a little something like yeah, horrorcore. Basically, like uh, just like really screamo, not even screamo, just like really dark, dark rap. And I only, I actually have my own genre of music called hoodcore. So mm-hmm. it's between hardcore and hood. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I did start off with that shit. Yeah. I remember that I was like, okay, yeah, you're going for the vibe and all that, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what's the mode now for Overtime Boys and who is in the group and mm-hmm. where do you see yourselves going with that? All right. Well, High left the group for his own reasons, but there's three of us now. There's Aji, uh, there's me, uh, Chief Izza, and there's Rick Dills, and we, we're moving forward. Uh, we, we it's trap with the commercial feel, mm-hmm. but we want to experiment a little bit too, see, see where we could touch base on, and see what feels the best out of everything for us. And we're we're doing pretty good. The album's about to drop soon. Um, it's called Wolves at, Wolves at the Door. It took us almost a year mm-hmm. to complete, but it sounds amazing. Yeah, I actually let you listen to like a track or two after this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gotta, yeah. Gotta check that out. Yeah. See now, yeah, I think we had a little listening party at uh, Golf and Social. That there's a good amount of people. We had like questionnaires mm-hmm. for everybody to sign out. Like, yo, which was your favorite song? Which song you want to do a music video for? Yeah, or you want to see us in the music video for? Yeah, so you did the professional. Yeah, yeah, the focus mm-hmm. group. Yeah, oh, man. Nice. Listen, yeah, nice. we 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 don't cut corners, man. Yeah, you definitely can't afford to, man. Especially yeah. these days, because like. You know, the, the idea of what, like, the record music industry is and what record labels used to be, mm-hmm. it ain't that no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to be your own record label. You got to be your own A&R, your yep. own PR and all that. Yeah. It's that actually, this work. is actually one of our stickers from the album. That's, that's the digital album version. That's yeah. sick. And uh, our boy Jude actually uh, made that. Design for us, yeah. So for those people who ain't, you know, who don't see what I'm looking at right now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> it's the uh, dope picture of a wolf holding, like, a ring in his mouth, like a door it's like knocker. Like a door knocker, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was at the door, yep. <laughs> this, is, this is a very, it's a very clever design. It's yeah. dope, bro. Yeah, real fire, you. man. Thank you. Yes. So we're looking at someone who is an artist, my main man's personality, but kind of, I don't know, because remember we were going back and forth about mm-hmm. like getting you on the show, and I was like, yeah, but at the same time <laughs> I was trying to get my show together because I was trying to like, yeah, it's been a long out, time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do do for the show because, like, even like, on my own side, like, I took a hiatus for a minute because, like, hmm, what do I want to do? How can I make the show different, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did, like, up to this point, I knocked out, like, 28 episodes, 27 mm-hmm. episodes. That's a good amount, too. Yeah, and I had one in the can, but I was like, 
nah, man, I like I don't I don't feel good about it. I mean, it was a good show, mm-hmm. but I was just like going through my motions of like trying to figure out what I should do next. Mm-hmm. So me and you were rapping one day on um text, I won't say instant messenger, that's how old I am. Like, <laughs> and we were talking, and you told me that, yo, you had made a change in your life. Yes, I did, I did. And yeah. that struck me because first of all, I got a lot of love for people out, out here in the city. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like, I don't try. To, I don't fool with too many people. But those, if I do fool with you, it means because like there's a reason for it. Like I, I respect you, or the energy is on point. Yeah. So for you, like I've always seen you, knowing you to be like. A good dude, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And back in the day, I was like, that's a good kid right there, because I was an old dude. You was, <laughs> you was, you was a youth back yeah, then, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a good kid out there, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, so to hear that you made these changes, mm-hmm. I was like, there you go. So, what yeah. what happened, bro? Yeah, I had a really big cocaine problem, and uh, I took a high, I, I, I stopped. I haven't done cocaine in two and a half months, and it was really bad, because like, I would go to my boy's house and grab a bag maybe fucking two like almost a gram a day and there would be nothing going on and i would just do it and fucking just smoke like a pack of cigarettes and just just be high like and like it was a really bad time in my life i was waste so much fucking money on that shit and it was just bad so like i had to stop myself i looked at myself I was like yo you're doing too much this is getting out of control uh, you have to get a hold of your life because I I have manic depression. I've clinically I've, I've clinically diagnosed with manic depression. Mm-hmm. So what people don't know about that is you have episodes of mania, episodes of depression. You get up, you got ups and downs basically. So like I was I was relying on cocaine to help me out with that shit, and but like I stopped it and I felt so much better. Like my life has been so much better since then. Uh, I also took a break from alcohol. I took uh, I took a month break from alcohol, and that helped me out. Now I, I I do drink again, but before it was because I would drink five six drinks a night, and it would be five out of seven days of the week. And I don't drink. And if y'all, if y'all know me, y'all should know me. I drink heavy. Like I would drink fucking two uh, a double of bullet. And that's like one drink. So like basically I'm drinking ten shots back to back a night. And like I had to stop myself. So like I'm good now. Like I only drink maybe twice a week. One one to two, three drinks a week. That's it. So more clear clear minded and shit. I feel a lot better. Uh try to fix myself up, yeah. Health as wealth, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, of course, and I'm happy for you, bro, more than anything mm-hmm. else. Because Thank like you. listen, like I because as as you can see, like there is definitely a fragility of mm. life, mm. you know, and I want my people people to be around. Mm. So if, once they have a form of success, they'll be able to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, because I remember like when you told me that. I don't know if it was the day before. I think it might have been like a Thursday, because mm. I found out about Anthony Bourdain that Friday. Oh yeah, bro, that shit fucked me up. Man. Oh, that really fucked me up, man. I fucking I that's one of my idols, bro. And when I I start crying, bro, like no bullshit. I started crying. I'm like, dude, this guy like saved like he really like uh he really spoke to me in a way like no one really could cuz like I couldn't meet him, but yeah, I mean, they say never meet your fucking heroes, but I always wanted to meet him, man. Yeah, me too. He, like that guy is a fucking genuine like oh my genuine like badass. Like he did he didn't cut no corners of what he said. He's, he reminded me of myself like mm-hmm. like I really don't give a fuck about what people think of me and like um 
And I felt like he he felt the same way. You know what I mean? Like he he did what he did. He cursed out vegans all the time, and I fucking love that. <laughs> um, he was a badass for that. I fucking loved it, man. And he fucking he really opened my my eyes up to the world. And it was sad to see him pass away from suicide. It was crazy because I've I've dealt with uh, strings of that so uh, in some in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I. You know, I, when it happened, you know, I remember reading this quote. And it's, like, it's been shared on Instagram and Twitter nonstop. Mm. And I'm like, yo, he said, I should have died in my 20s. Mm. He said, I got successful in my 40s, had a kid in my 50s. Mm-hmm. He said, I feel like um, I'm behind the wheel of a stolen car. Oh, shit. He said, I'm, I'm going. I'm looking at the rear view mirror, seeing about, right, you know, if I'm about to get caught, and I'm still driving a stolen car. Oh, shit. So, like, the life he had, it was just like, an unbelievable thing. Mm. You know, he had his bouts with, with addiction as well. Yeah, he had heroin and cocaine addiction as well. Yep. Yep. He kicked both of them joints, mm. and and was still be and was still able to drink, which is rare, especially for um, drug addicts. Yeah. 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 And I, I I love seeing what he what he did, and I loved his story and his passion that he had for people. Cause like you know, cause he he and I are both on the same level of like man, some people like human beings as a whole can be can kiss my ass. Mm. He, just, he would just act like assholes. But once he was able to go leave New York mm-hmm. and travel and see more of the mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. yeah, he had a greater appreciation for it. Cause I started watching this um the show he got today. Um, it's an old show. What a cook store? Yes, yeah. I was watching it last that's a, night. This is original. He started off with the cook store. Mm-hmm. Then he did No Reservations. Then he did The Layover, yep. which is the best series. I fuck with Layover the most. Then The Layover. Then uh, then he started doing Parts Unknown. But I love The Layover the most. Layover was cool. Because that's the only one he did with Philly. So, <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? That was the ill joint. Yeah. But um, I, cause I, cause I remember watching the, the Cook Store last night. And the first few episodes began with him being in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. He did a couple in like in Japan. He did some in Vietnam by down going down to the Mekong Valley. Mm-hmm. And the last one I came that I watched while I came down here for this interview mm-hmm. was when he did in Cambodia. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm always kinda like iffy whenever I see these people like these rich cats mm-hmm. who on these cooking shows go down to like the Asian countries. Yeah, like, cause Cambodia's still a third world country, yeah. How people people look at it, mm-hmm. and, and some people go to these countries and they treat it like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the uh, the primitives eating here? Or right. Or so this and that. And I was, right. But him seeing him there, yeah, he, just, he's so genuine, and he's just like, I'll eat anything you give me because you, me eating whatever you give me shows that I I, I accept your food and I accept your love. You know what I mean? Because like you you could be very you could be very uh, di- dismissive if you don't eat their their food. You know what I mean? Because like he said that in an interview recently, I think with um. Uh, Anderson Cooper, uh, mm-hmm. not not recently, but it was a little while ago. But he's like, "Yo, they're they're more acceptable of you if you could eat their food and not like turn down turn it down or just give it a stink face." You know what I mean? Yes. Now we're here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, more before I get out of here, I'm gonna say rest in peace one more time. Yeah, rest in peace. Thank you for peace. everything. For those who don't know, yeah, Chief is out. You know, playing the cool out here in these streets. You see him doing music. You know what I'm saying? On the social medias, going crazy out here. You know what I mean? But you don't understand. <laughs> This brother here is a legit foodie. Oh yeah, I love my shit, bro. Actually, I actually asked a couple of people um, on Instagram if they wanted some some uh, if they want to ask me questions mm-hmm. for this podcast, and I started. My boy Mike Russell, he asked me top five places to eat in Philly. I need to know this on God. Fuck. All right. <laughs> Fuck. You got me on the spot, boy. All right. 
top five places I can think of on the top of my head right now. Uh, number one, Cafe Nan. It's its 16th and Passion. They know me by my first name because <laughs> it lives this day right around my way and shit. I love mom there. She always fucks it up. She, she always hooks it up for me. Um, shit, do not go to David's in Chinatown because they refry all they shit for the salt and pepper wings. What people don't know, you know what I mean? You want fresh joints, go Shaolin Kung. Shaolin Kung is good. That's my number two pick. Um, number three, ah, shit, man. Depends on what y'all want to eat. I love my seafood. This is so hard right now. I don't know fuck fuck the pick. Oh, go to Bistro Southeast on South Street. That's pretty good. They got seafood and shit there. It's all right. Uh, it's not bad, but I definitely like Krabby Cafe better. Uh, so that's number three. Number four. Let's think. Uh, shit. I eat, I eat the same shit every fucking day anyway. Uh, go to your poppies always. That's not number four, though. Number four would be... <laughs> You're going through it right now, Yeah, man. I'm going through it, man. I'm really specific. Number number four, go to fucking 7th and Tasker. There's a food truck there. It's open till like 4 o'clock in the morning. Get the lingua tacos, the fucking beef tongue. That shit's the bomb. That shit's good. All right. All right. Last one. Last one. Um, Damn. Uh, Fuck. All right. Go to Poi Dog, Hawaiian food, 21st and like, no, nah, not 21st. Is it 21st? 21st and Samson. P-O-I-D-O-G. Poi Dog. Check that out. That's pretty dope. That's not like, I, could, I have a list that's like 100 restaurants long. And those are like top five that I could think of right now. If I really had to write them down, they'd probably be like way crazier. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this is a question I always wanted to ask you, right? Yeah, go ahead. Because like, first of all, I love, I love food mm-hmm. of other cultures. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love... Asian food more than like I guess you could, I guess you count people say Indian food is like South South Asian that's South, South East, Asian yeah South, South Asian mm-hmm. but like for me like I love I love Vietnamese food right I, I love your food I can eat that every day dude <laughs> cause you were the one alright check this out yeah I, was, I remember I was on I used to go to uh, Chinatown for the the, the, the hand drawn noodles at Nan, mm-hmm. Nan Zhu, right yeah Nan Zhu, yep Nan Zhu, and I was like alright I said hmm I was like, dude, I'm gonna get some, let's get some, some fire, man. I told him I was gonna go. Chief was like, what the fuck are you going there for, yeah, man? Yeah, don't ever go to Chinatown for fire. All that shit, trash. For Cali, trash. Fucking Choo Choo's, trash. They're all fucking trash. Don't get pho in Chinatown. You want pho, go to Pho 75 and go to Le Viet and Viet Hung and Nam Phong. They're all in the same vicinity between 10th and 12th Street on Washington. You're good. That's the best place to get pho. If you want to get, if you really want to go to upper echelon, and you want to get the chicken pho, you go to K- Kensington, you go uh, Cafe Tantan for pho guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, dude, listen. So, like, last, I want to say two weeks ago. Yeah. Me and my homegirl Tiff, he was like, yo, we hungry. You can get some pho, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yo, why don't we go to Fa 75? Mm-hmm. I said, yo. Let's do it. <laughs> you can't go wrong just because the broth is amazing. Look, first of all, oh, check this out. So, <laughs> I, got, I had to take a breath for that one. Look, so I got, I got a five spot in my neighborhood, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Saigon, Viet, something like that on 43rd mm-hmm. and Spruce. Mm-hmm. And it's all right, but like, I don't, the college kids around there, mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all, uh, come on, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Like, I'm, I want y'all here right now, man. Right. So I went down to 575 with Tiffany. We was on Washington Avenue. First, let me mm-hmm. tell you something, dude. 
Do you know you could probably film a movie in that lot by itself? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's beautiful in there. It is a beautiful lot, especially at nighttime. Yep. Mm-hmm. When like it was all neon lights going on, mm-hmm. it's a it's a sight to behold. And I was in there, and I love like not say this is not disrespectful at all because mm-hmm. it's just the aesthetics. It's like it's a plain, like it's not over the top once you go into five seventy five. It's, it's like a regular-ass restaurant. You go in there. And they only serve pho. They have no spring rolls, no appetizers, nothing. The only thing that's close to appetizers is vinegar onions. And that's all they focus on. And they only focus on that one thing is pho. That's it. And they kill it. And Because I, I had it with her. And um, you know, that's all they had, like different joints. Let me get the beef joint. Mm. It's a certain style of it. I was like, yo, I was... And love that place. Hey. I'm going back. I'm going back there as soon as I can. Yeah, that's the number one hangover cure. It doesn't matter how fucked up you are. Mm-hmm. You drink that soup, you'll be good. How you think? I'm I'm never hungover unless like you know what I mean. Unless I don't drink or eat for. If I don't eat for, I'll be hungover. But if I I'll, I'll try and get it as much as I can when I'm fucking hungover. It is <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Thing, but I have of course me being in there. Like I'm low key like the Larry David and shit. Cause like even when I'm in there trying to have a good time. I'm seeing these people in there, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who you can tell ain't from. They they not from there. Ain't from there. Leave it at that. And, and when, when we mean that, we don't we not we not talking about Asian folks. We talking about mm, you yeah, know who we talking exactly, about, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting there behind, look behind me, like look. First of all, when I, if I'm done eating my food there, mm-hmm. I might have, have might have a little broth and left over, but. I'm neat with my stuff. Mm. I'm neat. I'm neat with my trash. If I have any mm. trash, I throw it away. Mm. Or like, because I treat it like, listen, if I'm, if I'm eating, eating out anywhere, I treat their table mm. like my table at home. At home, right? Because that's how it's home training for me. Mm-hmm. Dog, these people left the garbage and shit all over the table. Oh shit! Like it was like you can tell like that. This is their stuff to worry about. Mm. They left, and the people came behind them, cleaning the table up, look, looking down like. Damn, for real. This is nasty shit. Man. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Mm. I was like, yo, so I'm like, yo, I can understand why like 575 was like tucked away. Right. And if you don't know, you know about it. Right, right. So, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. I love that place. Because they had one spot across, right across the, across the line. V hung, V hung, yeah. Yeah. They had like, because um, the front counter has like these bomb ass like desserts and shit like they, that. They got desserts and they also do by me there. Yep, I got you right next and that's really good. That's the best by me I had ever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, in Philly, yeah. <laughs> Get the regular John. I always ask them to take out the fucking jalapenos, and they never do. So I don't even ask them anymore. I just take them out myself because I don't, I don't want I don't want heat to ruin the the natural flavors of the food. Right. And that's why I hate the most. Like I love heat, mm-hmm. and it depends on which dish it is. But I hate when it overpowers the food, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I think that. That happens with uh bond meats. If you put a jalapeno in there, it overpowers it. See now, last time me and the homie here was supposed to meet up and go to was uh, Kamai Kitchen. Kamai Sha- Kamai yeah, Kitchen. but uh, they they actually shut down. Like they did? For, officially shut down. They they've been together for six years. Yeah, but uh, they shut down. I've actually I actually know the fi- the family and everything. They're like the homies and shit. But Damn. yeah, you can't you can't get it no more. <laughs> Damn. So if you did, then you're good. But you can't get it no more. Damn. So the one day we were supposed to go, they were closed because they were like taking care of a wedding somewhere. Yeah. Some kind yeah, of an event. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we decided, all right, we're going to Longhorn, right? Yeah. And let me L- tell you no, no, we went to Miller's. It was oh, mm-hmm. Miller's. I'm sorry, Miller's, yeah. <laughs> and down South Philly. And I was Columbus Boulevard. Yeah. I'll tell you something. <laughs> Do not, if you're going to order your steak, 
Do not get it well done around this dude here. Uh, I curse you the fuck out. You. I don't give a fuck how close I am with you, because that's that's making a steak. That what what that is, what that is 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 making a steak tougher for you to eat. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to cut it correctly, it'll make it even tougher. Because if you cut with the grain, it'll make it tougher. You have to cut against grain. And people, like most specifically black folks, they always say, oh, no, I don't want to eat that shit. It got blood in it still. First off, that's not blood. It's myoglobin. It's a protein. And it turns red after you cut the meat. That's why when you buy meat at the fucking, uh, at the fucking, at the grocery store or a butcher, it's still red. That's the protein in it. It's called myoglobin. It's not blood. All the blood drains from the animal within the first two hours. <laughs> now you hear this shit, right? You hear this shit, right? Mind you, for most of my life, all my, actually, nah, 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 all my life until up until this moment right here. I was asking the reason why I got it the way I got it. Because I was like, that's blood in it. Don't do that. I'm like, I don't want blood, man. It's like yeah. I, I got the well done shit yeah. on, on, mm-hmm. only because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's funny because I, I've read this quote yesterday um, that Bourdain said about why he is cool. It's not cool, but like when people order well done steaks. It's because people have IBS. No? No, not that way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, because people don't understand that, yo, you're making it easier for the, for the cooking staff. Because mm-hmm. you don't know if we're giving you steak or like or flossum or whatever like that. Because mm-hmm. you're getting like the trash. Yeah. It was like, well done, eh, whatever. Whatever. But give you that, whatever. But mm-hmm. I didn't know like, so what is the correct, people say medium rare, medium well. What's the best setting for steak? It depends on the cut. <laughs> okay. It depends on the cut. So if you get like I might go to if 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 they have it, I would get a porterhouse because you get the bo- best of both worlds. You get the strip, so it's New York strip. You know what I mean, and then you get the fillet. And the difference between a porterhouse and a and a T-bone is the fact that the fillet has to be two point five inches or bigger to be a porterhouse. If not, then it's called a T-bone. And that's my go-to. And I always get, I always get my steaks medium rare, no matter what. It's mm-hmm. always medium rare because it's easier to chew on. And it has way more flavor, and you taste everything. And you all, I only put salt and pepper on my steak. That's it. If you want to really taste the flavor, you go to salt and pepper. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So you ain't no A one cat out here. I mean, I do do A one here and there. Like, uh, right. just uh, it depends. But yeah, uh, if, if I'm going, if you if you go to fucking Peter Luger's, they don't have. You're not gonna get A one. Like, that's disrespectful. You go to Peter Lucas and get A1, you know what I mean? Dude, like, <laughs> listen, like, I'm going to say this, man. As, why, why are you doing your music and all that, though? Uh-huh. Listen, if you decide to do, like, a food show. Oh, I've actually been, I've been, I've been planning to do that for a little while. Uh, Jameer Pete Ness, uh-huh. he, he's actually the one that coined that and told me that I should have been do, doing this for a little while, actually. You should. Yeah. yeah. Should, <laughs> because I feel like, especially... Because I feel like you will be a great ambassador for your neighborhood as well. And mm. this, this the city, mm. but you could take that anywhere, anywhere, man. Because, oh, yeah. like, first of all, I'm going to tell you something right now. Mm. Out of all the homies that I know, mm-hmm. ain't nobody ever break it down like that when it came down to the steaks, B. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or there's no one different restaurants, places you should go. Like, you should definitely, 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 definitely take that seriously, man. And, like, yeah. yo, because the one thing that I learned about being, like, out there, be mm-hmm. in the mix, is that you, you should try your hands at many things. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm like, don't do too much. You overwhelm yourself. Yeah. But if you know you love certain things, mm-hmm. go ahead and do it out, man. Exactly. Try it out. Because, exactly. look, look, Bourdain was a, a, was a, a cook for most of his life. Mm-hmm. Until his 40s, he started writing. Uh-huh. Sent to the, uh, got published in New York Post. Mm-hmm. Yep, New Yorker. Yep, yep New mm-hmm. Yorker. Got a book. 
Mm-hmm. Got a show. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Do that. That's why I love like Action Bronson is dope as a rapper and a food dude. Exactly. But he was an actual chef. I don't have no 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 experience in that. But my dad was one of the very first people in Philadelphia, and this is this is real. Mm-hmm. My dad was one of the very first people in Philadelphia to make Peking duck. He started off with Joseph Poon. Which is like, he, and if, if anybody knows Joseph Poon, he's like one of the biggest guys in Chinatown for making Peking duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. He's like, news, there's newspaper articles about my dad and shit, uh, cooking and shit. And like, my uncle would actually take me to fucking the Liberty Place. So you know where Massawak is, right? Yeah. My dad and his, his brother, they're tatted up, like head to toe. Mm-hmm. Like head to toe face tattoos and everything, they were in the sh- they were actually chefs there, and like we would always go there all the time and get food. So your dad got face tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Well, before like it's 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 not like a gimmick thing. It's it's um it's a uh, Cambodian uh, ritual tattoos. Yeah. I remember Dan was getting his done. Yeah, like, yeah. in Thailand. Yeah, yeah. But this is my dad head to toe. Wow. Like yeah, and then my uncle is even crazier. My uncle is his hairline. His entire, like, almost almost his entire body is uh, covered with ritual tattoos. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't dope. get them done because you have to get them done by a priest. Uh, not a priest. A Buddhist monk. And you also have to be naked, like, um, in terms of, like, tattoos. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, I think I can still get it, but it would make me... Uh, it would make my, my, my mind more at ease if uh, I didn't have no tattoos at all. And I got my first tattoo as, I mean, a ritual tattoo. Dope. But it also takes forever because they do it the traditional way. And my dad, yep, 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 with the poke, yep, with the yep. poking. He did, yeah, if you didn't see, you it's can't like, see. It's like a little hammer. My, Mike's doing like a little hammer. Yep. Nail and um, yeah. it, my dad's tattoos took two weeks. Wow. In total. And he and during the whole process, while you're getting tattooed, you have to pray, and the Buddhist monks pray with you while you're getting tatted. So it took two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Because you know what? There's one, there's a, a Cambodian-style tattoo that I want to get. Mm-hmm. It's the tiger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My dad has a tiger right here. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want to get on mm-hmm. my side. Yeah. I, like, I, love, I love, love the design of it, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's dope, man. <laughs> that is dope, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Is your ass still cooked now? Huh? Your dad still cook now? Uh, he cooks at home every once in a while. Uh, he's he's really like he's like retired and shit. Okay, so like, but yeah, he's been he's been everywhere, man. He used to work at um he used to work at the Marriott for like 17, 18 years, right there, courtyard Marriott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Damn. They had to let him go for uh some, for reasons. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's good. He's chilling. Then he then then he got a job with his friend. He's making Caribbean food. Mm-hmm. So my pop was out there making beef patties. I mean curry goat, uh, brown stew. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's everything, everything. My oxtail and shit. You bring oxtail home, like yo, you know how much this shit is? <laughs> I know how much this shit is. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, <laughs> he always he was always bringing that beef patties, cocoa bread, and I be fucking it up. Yes. Dude. Yeah, you got so you got that shit in your blood, man. Yeah, man. I mean, you might not be cooking, but like no, you, so you, I, you have the palate for it. It's always been around me. I can cook. I'm just lazy and I don't want to. I'd rather be a fucking. <laughs> I'd rather just judge you, judge you, and just be like, yeah, this shit's alright. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because I think about it, dude. I mean, like you would have the perfect lane for it because there's nobody in the city who is like you mm-hmm. who will go at it your way. Because mm-hmm. think about it now, like people will always. We think about food critics. You think about some stuffy people, bro. Yeah. Walk around. Oh yes, the wine is divine, but yeah. they all wine tastes the fucking same. By the way, that's real shit. I don't give a fuck what you. Oh, there's notes of smokiness and bacon. Nope, all that shit tastes the same. 
I don't give a fuck what you say. You just try and be snobby, to be honest. I, I mean, there, 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 there's differences within each type of wine, but mm-hmm. you give me a Cabernet from 79, you give me a Cabernet from right now, it's the fucking same. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm good. I can't, I can't taste the ages. <laughs> I can't taste the ages. You, you can literally, you, I bet money, you, I bet money you give them drinks to somebody and you swap the fucking labels, it's the same shit. And they're just going to give you the same answer because they want to be snobby. Fuck that. I'm walking around, I'm like, yes, this... Chardonnay tastes like civil rights. In the so, spit bucket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on with all that. Yeah. That's why, for me, my favorite drink, alcohol of choice, is tequila. Mm. Because after you have tequila, like, you don't really have hangovers. No. And, like, it's, they say it's the healthiest one because it comes from the, the agave fruit. Mm, right? It comes from the agave fruit. It's, uh, but also, it's a stimulant more than a depressant. So that's why, like, you still feel it in the next morning. That's why you don't feel hungover because you feel the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with soju. Like, it's a rice wine whiskey from Korea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a stimulant. Like, you will feel the next day. It feels weird. That's why you don't feel hungover. Word. Yeah. Dude, like, you. <laughs> I feel like this, this is what I, I, I can see you doing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like this. It's like, I feel like I can see you being the one having, like, a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Where you go to a different restaurant. You review that shit hardcore mm-hmm. oh, on, yeah. on a joint. Oh, yeah. Joint. yeah, we're actually planning on doing that sometime soon. Yeah, I'm just looking for a videographer. Yeah, <laughs> so that. videographers, hit me up. You got to be good. You have to have a Sony AS2 or better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then hit me up. And you have to have my uh, microphone shit. So if you want to make this money with me, holla at me. Because okay, it, it can be done, bro. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> man, so here's a question for you, man. I always ask people who are, you know, Philly natives. Yeah. What what does city uh what does it mean to you in terms of like when you're here, you move around, like what is Man, I love my fucking city, man. Mm-hmm. I love Philadelphia. If 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 I if this if this sentence makes any sense at all, which it probably won't, I'm a Philadelphian before I'm American. That's a hundred percent. I love Philly. To the death of me, it's in my fucking blood. I talk with my fucking hands like Italian. I'm born and raised South Philly. I love everything about Philly. The fucking dirt of it, the fucking upper class. I love everything about it, and I'll fucking never leave here. And well, I probably will to get my mom out the hood. But right. you get what I mean. Yeah, I fucking love the city so much, and I, it, it's been so good to me, the good and the bad. Because if it wasn't for the bad, I wouldn't be here right now, and I wouldn't be a, the fucking hard ass I am right now if it wasn't for the bad. Word up. You know what I mean. Now there's a music video that you did. I mm-hmm. um, spoke to you about that too off the uh, camera. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I told you like I loved it because in in the video mm-hmm. you had your parents behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked them, and my dad doesn't. He hates cameras, so it was very rare that I got him out. Yeah. That was good, man. Yeah. Because I feel like that that video it stands as a testament of you, your foundation, where you're mm-hmm. from, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. And what's the, what's the name of that song for everybody? To uh, that, that song is called All I Need. The video isn't out yet. It'll be out soon. Just wait on it. But the song is actually out on Spotify and iTunes, so definitely check that out. All I Need. Please do it. It's Overtime mm-hmm. Boys, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The boys, Overtime spelled regular. Boys is B-O-Y-S or B-O-Y-Z? Yeah, B-Y-Z. B-Y-Z. Yeah. So Overtime Boys, B-O-Y-Z. Mm-hmm. Spotify, check them out. The song's called All I Need. Get mm-hmm. listen to these guys, see what they're doing. The movement is going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and Chief, I'm telling you, man, like, there are certain people in this city who have the potential to be superstars out here. Mm-hmm. You're definitely one of them dudes, man. Thank you, man. That means a lot to me, for real. You know what I'm saying? You're definitely one of them dudes. And I feel like, because you, 
because as much as I've seen you here and there moving about, it's like you've always been working on forging your own lane and forging mm-hmm. your own path. Exactly. And you have a lot, a lot of things you can offer to the game, a lot of talent, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, not, not just with music, just in, in general, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People, people rock with you, they got love for you, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, like yeah, I'm about to cut you off. No, no, you good. It, it didn't. It, it really, at this point, like it doesn't really matter what I do. Everybody's gonna fuck with me, but I don't want to let people down and just give them bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. So I I give them the best of my my experience. So I would never like give my people everybody fucking bullshit. Like oh yeah, let me make a fucking artisanal fucking blase blah. Like no, that's not me. They know that's not me. So, like, I wouldn't give them that, but, like, uh, I give people what they want. They know me for it, and I'm authentic about it. I'm not talking bullshit, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, was, that was it. That was it. Yeah, all right, cool. Because um, I think one of the last things I, wanna, I wanted to ask you is, mm-hmm. like, as far as, as far as you go, mm-hmm. as far as your life is going, Yeah. what's the main goal that you want to accomplish? Right now? Just, just in general, because I feel like you um, are doing so much. And well, you know. in terms of small goals, the yeah, first yeah. thing I want to do is get my mom out the hood. I want to move her to somewhere really nice. Um, but other than that, I want to be able to live off of what I do, live comfortably, and not have to fucking worry about money. And that's the biggest thing, because like money is the root of all evil. But you needed to help you with everything. And um, I was at a point where I was really broke and shit, and like uh, just started working and shit. But my main goal is just to live off of what I do and what I love. So that way, I never have to work a day in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just live off of yeah, just what I love. Yeah. So rapping, whether it be rapping, whether it be me doing fucking food show, traveling, if I'm chasing the Bourdain route, you know what I mean? As long as it, I do what I love and it pays the bills, like that's that's what that's my main goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. Yeah. So my main man is definitely <laughs> on the run right now. Got some things to handle right now. Yeah. But before we cut out, I want to say that, yo, I'm grateful that you um, wanted to do the show. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we actually um, made the show happen. Yeah. Because you know, for a minute, I was like trying to figure out, okay, cool, get him on the show, get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been like a couple months now. It has been a couple months, yeah. <laughs> and I always, always hit you up like, yo, bro, come on, man. I've been waiting. Yeah. Yeah, we just waiting for the right time. So yeah. I'm glad it's here now. Me too, man, on this great day. Yeah. It's Pride Day right now. Pride Day, yeah. 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 Shout out to the L- L- LGBTQ community. Yeah, it was popping last night, man. Because like, I was down here last night because uh, Big Homie Rich Medina was spinning at uh, Club Musai, which mm-hmm. is like inside Sibos on um, 13th and Walnut. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there, man, rocking out. And it was like, looked outside the window and it was packed out oh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoulder man. to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder, man. Everybody was out there, like, going up and down. It was, it was rocking out, B. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was in the club, like, with the old heads, man. Hey. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. When <laughs> I, I say old heads, like, I'm like. Like, you're talking about your 30s, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm acting like they, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, my old heads. Nah, yeah. I'm, I'm right there. I mean, yeah. I had to stop playing. I yeah. was in there, I'm like, yup, doing a little two step mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, when I said earlier, I was like, I joined, the, I, I got into the scene when I was 16. I'm 27 now, so I've been in the scenes for like, what, 11 years? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've had the longest run out of anybody in the scene for real. Yeah. Um, uh, probably, I'm like, I'm probably top five, to be honest, but I'm, I'm out here. <laughs> Forever, man. Yeah. Let's do my main chief, Chiffon. 
Shafiz out here yeah. doing his thing, man. Thank you for being on the show, homie. Yeah, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Any last words, bro? Um, uh, check out Wills at the Door when it drops. Overtime Boys, shout out Overtime Boys. Aji, uh, Rick Dills, shout out Working on Dying. Shout out POS World. Shout out Tierra Wack, Zach Wack, uh, P Ness, Jameer. Uh, shit, there's a lot of people. Pray for Christian, Fuego Mayo, Will Fresco. Uh, everybody that's been supporting me, you know what I mean? Oh, there's so many people. Uh, fuck. Silo, Astro, fucking, damn, Fraternity, Theodore Grams. Uh, there's so many people, man. I want to shout out everybody. There's so many people. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's, that, that covers up everything, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. See, you out here, you're going to be cooking out here, dude. Yeah, man, just working, man. That's right. Okay, yep. Gotta start, I gotta, gotta grind, gotta get to where I gotta go. Facts. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's three right now, but... <laughs> about to make it move. Yeah, man. So here we go, man. Another episode 28 of the Weirdest New Black Show is done. Catch y'all next time. Peace.